there's a word in Arabic language it's called muhasaba and it's something a lot of us fail to do and it's one of the only things that can save us from sin this muhasaba and I will explain what it is is so important that Imam Ghazali when he decided after his long journey seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and after being such a great alim of deen and spending a lot of time with the mashayikh he sat down and he thought that I need to write something I need to write something for the ulama I need to write something for the ummah I need to put all of this learning that I acquired from these mashayikh onto paper so that it can guide the people from time to come so he sat down and because he was a beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he was a true wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he was maqbool in the law he was the mujaddid the one who Allah ta'ala raised in that century to revive the deen so he wrote a work known as Ihya Ulum deen the revival of all of the branches of learning because he realized also it's not about one ilm or one fun it's not about one particular thing so there are going to be many many things that have to enter into the hearts of people if the deen will be revived in them. And the whole summary of this whole incredible work, and it's a great tragedy that even though it's obviously in Arabic original, its entirety has been translated into Urdu, and almost all of it has been translated into poor English, and almost all of it has been translated down to good English, but very few people read it, and very few people study it, and very few people teach it in the world. Otherwise, really, it's a work that should be formally taught and studied by and to and amongst ulama and also even to the masses, at least certain major portions of it. One major thing he writes about in there is he has a whole section on muhasaba. Muhasaba. Muhasaba, like the Arabs used to say, hasibu kabla antu hasibu. It means that call yourself to account Examine yourself, be critical of yourself, scrutinize yourself before you will be examined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment. Now if we could hold ourselves to this standard, a lot of our problems would go away. A lot of our issues would go away. And a lot of the sins we fall in, we would be able to be saved from them. Now obviously one topic, and we have talked about that topic many times, is that if a person falls into sin, how can they make tawbah? How can they turn to Allah's mercy? But, you know, now Ramadan is coming. No doubt Ramadan is the month of incredible mercy. It is the month of rahmah. It is the month of maghfirah. And all the sinners, me and you, and all the sinners of this ummah, are looking forward with great hope and expectation for this coming month of Ramadan. But the truth is, that it's not like it's going to be the first time for us. Me and you have already spent 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 Ramadans. 
We've already done this. Sin year round and be forgiven by Allah. Sin year round, get the mercy of Allah. The question is, can we do it differently this year? Is there something different we can do? So the many things, I was thinking about that. And one word came into mind because I was reading this part of Imam Ghazali's work recently. And that is muhasaba. So obviously one is istighfar, tawbah, seeking forgiveness, repenting to Allah Ta'ala. But what if we could try maybe this year and not even wait for Ramadan but try right now to become people of muhasaba? Why not try to train ourselves? Why not try to discipline ourselves rather? Why not try to learn that training that could help us and prevent us from falling into sin in the first place? How many years are we going to spend like this that we year-round slip and slide and fall into sin and then in Ramadan we seek the mercy and forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because it's a very important thing to know also that our deen has that hidayah, our deen has that guidance, our deen has that teaching. There's a way, there is a discipline, there is a training, there is a feeling in the heart that if a person can get that, they can help themselves stay away from sin. One aspect of muhasaba is being watchful. To be watchful and aware over oneself. Now what happens is there are really two types of awareness we're supposed to have. We're supposed to be aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we're supposed to be aware of ourself. Aware of ourself means we should be very conscious. What is it that I'm saying? What's my intention? What am I thinking? What type of feelings go on in my heart? What type of desires are going on in my nafs? So aware, we should be acutely aware of ourselves, And we're supposed to be acutely aware of Allah subhanahu wa What happened in the dunya, and it's been going on for centuries, and it just keeps getting worse, is that we've lost our awareness of Allah subhanahu wa and we've lost our awareness of ourselves. Because we're overly plugged into the dunya. We're hyperlinked and superlinked to media, news, internet. We're overly aware of makhluk. We're overly aware of the world. We know things about sports. Entire sections on sports in the daily newspaper. Multiple sports that people follow. Multiple teams that they follow. Multiple leagues they follow. We're too aware. Someone is too aware about the economy. Now your role in the economy in this world is to earn a lawful and halal living for yourself and to try to be a means of alleviating poverty in this world. Unless you're an economist or you're working in the Ministry of Development, you actually don't even need to know the entire economy and business section of the newspaper. It doesn't make a difference to you oil prices went up or down, right? You're too aware. The more you're aware of ghairullah, the less you will be aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's where we have lost. We are highly aware of so many things. Sometimes I'm amazed when I meet someone, right? I'm not talking about any person. I'm not talking about my friend here, Munib, because I was about to say something. That I meet someone and sometimes they take me in the car to a place. He's a true Sufi Zayed and he's quiet. But I'm amazed at how much they can talk. And sometimes I just sit and I'm just amazed. They open up and it's the most random, mundane, pointless of topics. And they can talk entirely to me about it from point A to point B. And I'm amazed they even know so much about these things. Sometimes if I'm traveling in a country and I ask a small question, maybe I see something somewhere, right? 
I see something. I ask him a small question. It op- I didn't know. I just wanted a one-line response. I ended up opening up an entire discussion and receiving an entire lecture on the topic. Allah Akbar People are so aware of their surroundings. And not only did it make us unaware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it made us unaware of our own self. So we sin and we say, oh, I didn't mean it. We sin unconsciously. We lie unconsciously. We misdirect our gaze unconsciously. We feel lust unconsciously. So this teaching of deen muhasaba, it's almost like it's completely gone. We're not watchful and aware over ourselves. I'll give you another example that I was sharing with someone for another reason. One of my teachers in Pakistan, his name was Mulana Munzur Ahmed. He was from Chinyot. And when he was one of the imams of the great work of deen known as Khatam al Nabuwa, which means that effort to establish and declare absolutely in every sense of the word the complete finality of the prophethood of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I particularly studied this intensive course under him when I was doing the Mufti course. And then Alhamdulillah, we became a great lover of his. And Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala blessed me that he was fond of me. He used to say something, and I'll say it in Urdu and then I'll explain it to you in English. He said, Aapne haq baat, haq niyat, haq andaz se karna hai, phir Allah Ta'ala aapse haq ka kaam lenge. What does it mean? That you must be on the truth. You must be on haq. You must be firmly established on haq. And you want to profess the haq, teach the haq, advocate the haq. But you must also do that with a haq with a true sincere intention. And with a haq andaz, you must pursue that haq and establish that haq in the best and most noble of manners. And then he went on to say that if you don't do that, if you don't do it in the best of manners, and you don't do it with the best of intentions, Allah Ta'ala will not accept you for haq. Now what does that mean? So to give you an example of that field, of which he was a master, khatmi nabuwa. Now if I was to give a lecture on the finality of the Prophet or on the misguidance of a particular person known as Mirza Ghulam but I start using inappropriate language, I start being unnecessarily harsh, maybe I use profanity, that's not the haq manner, that's not the haq way. Or if my niyat is to belittle or slander a community of people in Pakistan, that's not the right way. Actually, all of them are really former Muslims. They're all ex-Muslims, the majority of them. Few of them are Christian and Hindu converts to the Qadiani cult. But the majority of them are descendants from Muslims who were misguided and misled and deceived and deluded by that person. So actually, they're my long-lost brethren. They're my old Imani cousins. They're my own Imani brothers. They're descendants from the Imani brothers of my forefathers. I have to bring them back onto deen. I have to have that approach, right? This is how he trained us. Now the haq aspect is there, but you see the haq approach, the haq intention. And a lot of us, we don't have that. This is exactly what muhasaba is. Muhasas, be watchful over yourself, to question yourself. We're so busy questioning deen, nauzubillah, downing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-aman al-afiz. We were supposed to be questioning and downing our own selves. Even if you're on haq, and this was the great way of Sahaba Ikram, radiallahu ta'ala, under Majamain.
Obviously, they were on Hak, their absolute Hak. There was no greater group of humanity on Hak than them. But what happened when Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, towards the end of his life, he used to say that I wish I was just a blade of grass. I wish I was just the hairs on the back of a goat or a sheep. Why? Because I wish I wasn't an insan. Because being insan, I know that I'm going to have to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He is going to take my hisab. He's going to scrutinize and examine and take me to task and call me to account for everything that I did. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Ajeeb. Sayyidina Umar He said that if I was to know that all the people were going to go to Jahannam and only one would go to Jannah, obviously he means other than Anbiya, and only one was going to Jannah, I would have hope in Allah Ta'ala's mercy that that one would be me. But he said at the same time if I was to know that all the people would go to Jannah and only one insan on the Day of Judgment would go to Jahannam, I would be scared and terrified that that might be me. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Now when you carry yourself like that, when you hold yourself to such a standard like that, then you will end up on taqwa. Then you will stay away from sin. And that's the real goal of Ramadan. Never forget, notwithstanding Allah's mercy and forgiveness, the real goal is what? لَأَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ That's the real target. Yes, we go to Ramadan because we want our sins to be washed away. But the real target Allah Ta'ala gave us in Quran, كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ السِّيَامِ كَمَا كُتِبَ أَلَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So you get this taqwa. So you get trained to stay away once and for all from sin. That doesn't come without muhasaba. That doesn't come without being aware of oneself. Let's take some aspects of muhasaba. So one is, it begins with your batin. If you leave it to your zahir, it's too late. Batin means your thoughts, feelings and desires, your inner self. Zahir means your outward self, means your words and your actions. It's too late. If you don't scrutinize your inner self, you're going to mess up in your outward action and your outward speech. So you have to bring it one step earlier. This is what the true, real mashayikh of Tasawuf and Tazkiyah used to teach. There was one person, he spent 40 years with a sheikh, and then a person asked him, another person asked him, what did you learn? You know, what, what, what is this training? He said, 40 years I spent learning just how to be aware of the intentions of my heart. To make sure my heart's intentions are always pure and sincere. It's not easy. It's not something we can instantly learn. And like I told you, on top of it, we are surrounded in an environment and culture and society and technology which makes us unaware, which makes us ghafil. So sometimes a person needs to slow down and this is the real benefit of Ramadan that it helps a person slow their dunya down. It helps them slow their awareness of the world down. And it's almost like guaranteed in Ramadan that you will get this mahasaba. You will become more aware of yourself. So if you begin with the batin, so there was thoughts and desires and feelings. You may remember some of you, Allah alam, the very first bayan I gave you here in Greenside was on qalb, qalbun salim, on the pure heart. And in that I explained the relationship between qalb, akal and nafs, right? Between the feelings and the thoughts and the desires. And if you might remember then we told you 
and the whole beyond was a lot was a, I can't repeat all of that but that the asl was the kalb it's all about the feelings so then if you want to know where to begin when it comes to mahasabha be watchful over the feelings in your heart and that's very difficult for most people now I want you to think about it to yourself in your mind how much of the day am I really aware of what I'm feeling most people will say most of the time I'm unfeeling you're not unfeeling you're unaware of your feelings. There's no way you can be unfeeling. You're insan. You have a kalb. There's no way you can be unfeeling or unthinking. Barring a few medical psychiatric illnesses, you cannot be unfeeling and unthinking. If you feel that, if you say that about yourself to your own self, that, you know, he's talking about being aware of feeling. I don't know, you know, if something huge happens, maybe I get happy. If something huge happens, I get sad. Otherwise, I'm pretty much an unemotional person. No, you're wrong. <laughs> you're unaware of your feelings. You're unaware. You're not unfeeling. You're unaware of your feelings. And this is why our Mashaikh used to teach the training of zikr kalbi. Because when you make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala in your heart, you're training your heart to feel the ultimate feeling, which is love and remembrance for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And if anybody makes this claim that I'm unfeeling most of the time, then at least you should realize that I missed out on a huge opportunity. Because if I had filled my heart with feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that would have been a much better day. I just missed out a chance. I chose to remain unfeeling, whereas I could have been feeling feelings for Allah. Now you look at somebody who's caught up in worldly love, they will tell you. If I ask them, are you unfeeling? You say, no, no, no. My heart is constantly feeling love for that person. Constantly. Non-stop. In fact, if I try, I can't stop it. I'm so aware of her, I can't become unaware of her. SubhanAllah. So what are they talking about? Were they making some zikr with their tongue? Were they ma- no. It's the power of the heart. It's the power of feelings that Allah SWT has given us. You know, Imam al-Ghazali, when he made this journey, it was all about the heart for him. And basically his whole work, Ihyal al-Muddin, is trying to revive for the people the feelings of deen. Otherwise the a'mal of deen were there. The ilm of deen was there. The ibadat was there. What he saw, what was missing, that this is over 900 years ago he passed away. Over 900 years ago. That's a long time. Less than 100 years ago was World War II. I ask one of you, World War II, you'll say you're talking ancient history. We have no idea what in the world is World War II. And that's less than 100 years ago. Over 900, 900 years ago, Imam Ghazali is realizing that people are losing their feelings. So then imagine what's the condition of me and you. So that's another aspect of muhasaba. To be aware of my heart so I can guide my heart to always feel feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My Shaykh in Lahore has a Shaykh Muhammad Mujahideen Sahib. He said a very beautiful thing. He said that ibadah, if you were to take ten parts of ibadah, nine out of ten parts is khalwa. Nine out of ten parts of ibadah is khalwa. Khalwa means a certain solitude. That you feel you're alone with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Khalwa means a disconnect from everything else. Now where do you think that disconnect takes place? Is it physical? No. You physically disconnect from your home when you enter the masjid. That doesn't mean you necessarily got feelings in prayer. So many people say, I pray and I don't have feelings. 
Is it because they didn't physically disconnect? Of course they physically disconnected. They left their desk, they left their bed, they left their office, they left their home. They physically came in the masjid. It's not enough. Outwardly, the action is not enough. Okay, speech, did you disconnect from talking to creation? Yes, you did. You were only talking to Allah Ta'ala. So your zahir, your actions and your words were disconnected. Is it enough? It's not enough until you disconnect your heart. It's not enough until you disconnect your heart. And even then, it's not enough until you connect your heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because some people might say they disconnect their heart. They say, yeah, in prayer, I actually don't think about dunya. But what does it mean? They say, I'm just blank. I basically stand behind the imam mindlessly. Again, unfeeling. Right? It's a loss, a tremendous loss. Hmm? It's like sitting in the car and there's no traffic and you don't move. Neutral. Hmm? Undriving. So it's okay, but that's a problem. Alhamdulillah, you're not going in reverse. But it's such a sad, you're, sadness, you're not going forward. So people can disconnect, but they enter neutral gear. They don't know how to put the gear of their heart onto the love and remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And a lot of people, they say that. That I keep praying these mindless prayers. Heartless prayers. Heartless prayers. No, we're supposed to make heartfelt salah. Heartfelt Qur'an. Heartfelt dua. All of this is done through this training of muhasaba. It begins and actually, you know, you might be thinking it's difficult. Now let me show you the beauty in this. The ease in deen. That it actually really is that easy. All you have to do is be aware and watchful of your heart. Once you're aware of it, because you have iman in your heart, it's the natural condition of a heart with iman to do the zikr of Allah SWT. It doesn't require any more effort. All you have to do is just be aware and oriented. And it starts remembering Allah SWT. It's not going to require a huge effort once you have the awareness. The awareness requires an effort. And this is why Allah SWT told us in Qur'an, the HIF students should go to their class at 6.15. Right? وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ That don't you dare ever let yourself be among those people whose hearts are unaware of Allah. Allahu Akbar Because you become unaware, you become unfeeling. Then what happens? When you're unfeeling, the nafs is happy to provide the feelings for you. So the person who says this, you know, I feel the feeling of lust. I feel the feeling of anger. I'm overcome by a feeling of envy. What, you, how did you get those feelings? How did the nafs get the chance to put those feelings in? It began by us being unfeeling. Unable to feel the right feelings. So the nafs and shaitan is more than happy to fill us with the wrong feelings. And this happens day in and day out. And it will keep happening. And we'll live our whole life like this. Believe me, let me tell you. This is Quran Azimushan. This nafs. Oh, Allah Akbar. It doesn't let go of anyone. It doesn't let go of anyone. The only time the nafs will let go of you is when the angel of death will take out your ruh. That's the only time your nafs will give up. It means when you die. 
Otherwise, every day, every year of our life, in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, the nafs is there to fill us, fill our batin, our inner self, with these feelings of lust and greed and anger and envy and pride. It's always ready to do it. The only cure is muhasabah. Only cure is for us to be aware and fill our heart with the right feelings first. So the first aspect of muhasaba is to be aware of our heart and to take ourselves to account if we ever had any wrong feelings. This is also something we're too soft on ourselves. You know, if people were more firm with themselves, you wouldn't need the sheikh to be firm with you. <laughs> But because people are so soft on themselves, they're so lenient with themselves, then yes, if you find that, then you had better put yourself in a relationship with a sheikh who's going to be firm with you. Yeah, you'll have to do it. You absolutely will have to do it. If you don't have that firm self-discipline with yourself, then you need to put yourself in a relationship where someone will be firm with you about how you feel in your heart. Otherwise, feelings quickly translate into actions. It's not possible that you can feel the feelings of over time, that you feel the feelings of lust and you don't act on it. It's, I'm telling you it's not possible. That's not the training. Never think that that's the training. That the training in deen is somehow that I won't act on the wrong feelings. No, the training in deen is deeper. The training in deen is to get rid of the wrong feelings. Otherwise, there is no training like that. That if you think my heart will be full of lust, and my heart will be remain full of anger, and my heart remains full of envy, but I don't act upon it? No, that's not possible. Believe me, if somebody lets lust come in their heart, they will act upon it. You can't stop yourself from acting upon it. You can for some time, but over time, the only way you can permanently stop is by taking it out. It's about the button. It's about the button. So the second aspect of Mohaspa, first is trying to be aware and watchful, guiding to the right feelings. And the second is to be firm on yourself, tough on yourself when you have the wrong feelings. Next thing is thoughts. To have Mohaspa over a person's thoughts. Does anybody have dirty thoughts, bad thoughts, foul thoughts, unspeakable thoughts, inappropriate thoughts, shameful thoughts? You have to do Mohaspa. You have to do Mohaspa. You have to keep filling your mind with thoughts about Allah SWT. Look at Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was always thinking about Allah SWT, always thinking about deen. So the dua that many of you started making in Rajab and Shaban, Allah Mubarak, Allah Ta'ala give us barakah hmm? in Rajab and Shaban and bring us to Ramadan. So why, why did the Prophet make that dua? Because Ramadan was on his mind. For two months, he kept thinking about Ramadan. So it's not just the du'a that's sunnah. The du'a is sunnah. The words of the du'a are sunnah. The words of the du'a are sunnah. Listen to me very carefully. The words of the du'a are sunnah. And the thoughts and feeling behind the words are also sunnah. You're not fully on the sunnah if you just say the words. You will be on the sunnah... You must complete the mission, complete the journey. You will be on the sunnah when you have the sunnah thoughts and feelings behind his blessed words. 
that's what we're missing. A lot of us are missing the words, no doubt, right? A lot of us are missing the actions. But alhamdulillah, from the type of people who would come to the masjid and sit in a talk, alhamdulillah, most of us are trying, even maybe at a very basic level, but we're trying to have good Islamic words, good Islamic actions. We pray salah, right? So what's left for us? What's missing in us? What's missing is the thoughts and the feelings. And when you feel, that's even just one perfect way for you to start right now. Just always think about Ramadan. In fact, I'm going to say something which might sound a bit extreme. Become obsessed about Ramadan. This English word obsession actually means, it's not negative in of itself. Strictly speaking, obsession means that there's a thought in your mind that you can't get rid of it. Alright? But use that to your advantage. Use that, that Allah has given us the ability to be obsessive in our thoughts. Put a thought in your mind that yes, you want that thought to be so permanently there that you never want to get rid of it. Thoughts about Allah Ta'ala, thoughts about deen, thoughts about Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, thoughts about the coming of Ramadan, thoughts about how I'm going to change, thoughts about how I can make myself better. To be obsessive, it's a good thing. And the more and more in our mind, this is muhasaba, we're aware of what we think and we fill our mind with those good thoughts, the less chance, I'm telling you, the less chance shaitan has to do his baswasa. And you know, that's why the average people, based on their life experience, they would make these statements, what they call aphorisms. What do they say? The idle man's brain is the devil's workshop. They knew. <laughs> they knew. <laughs> they came to the same realization that Nabi Karim Sallallahu and Deen is all trying to teach us. That if you don't have thoughts, oh, shaitan is happy to do your thinking for you. Now imagine this system. Nafs is happy to do your feeling for you and shaitan is happy to do your thinking for you if you choose to abandon these two major parts of your button. So now then, now we should be scared if any one of us thought 10-15 minutes ago, yes, I'm one of those people who's unfeeling. Oh, dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. Nafs will do the feeling for me. If somebody says, yeah, no, I don't really have that many thoughts about deen. Dangerous. Shaitan's going to do my thinking for me. Shaitan's going to do my thinking for me. So actually the whole purpose of dhikr, any dhikr, whether we do silent dhikr, muraqaba, dhikr of Allah, Allah, whether we do dhikr of la ilaha illallah. Once I was sitting in the madras just a few weeks ago with my shaykh in Lahore, the shaykh Muhammad Mujahideen Sahib, and he explained this to me. He said the purpose of all the methods of dhikr is the feeling of dhikr. It has the purpose of all these things that we do so the heart remembers Allah and the mind remembers Allah. That's the purpose. They're not goals in of themselves, the different practices of zikr. They're a means to a goal. They're a means to a goal. So for example, let's say somebody recites salawat and say, Rasulullah Wasallam hundred times in the morning, hundred times in the evening. Okay, that itself, alhamdulillah, in of itself, definitely. In of itself it has benefit. In of itself it is nur. In of itself it is sawab. Take it further. Use that recitation if Allah Ta'ala has blessed and may Allah Ta'ala bless all of us to recite these blessings. Use that morning and evening recitation to go further to get the feelings for Sayyidina Rasulullah in your heart and to get thoughts about him in your mind. You know, you can't, sometimes people like to say that, oh, I wish I could dream. It's called ziyara. It's a very blessed thing that a person in a dreamlike condition 
gets blessed by, by Allah Ta'ala, chosen, selected by Allah Ta'ala to say, Beloved Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. But you think that's going to happen if in all day you don't have feelings for him and all day you don't have thoughts about him? It's not going to happen. Allah Ta'ala can make it happen. Allah Ta'ala can give to whomsoever he wills. It's the fuzzle of Al-Yutihi Man Yasha. But normally it's not going to happen. Right? But you want those thoughts and you want those feelings. Now that person who's thinking about the Prophet Wasallam, and a woman walks in front of him, nothing happens to him. Because <laughs> he's busy. <laughs> His mind is occupied with higher things. And that person whose mind is empty, he'll start thinking about her. And people say that, you know, I was sitting at work and a woman walked by and I couldn't get her out of my mind. That's the term they use. I couldn't get her out of my mind. Because it's not yet emotional. So it's not like, because it's not a relationship. They don't know. So it's not a heartfelt thing. It's a mind thing, right? The outward beauty is a mind thing. Even more dangerous is if you get to know the inward beauty of a woman. That will say that, okay, I have this colleague and I got stuck with her and she's my working with me and she's such a nice person. So then you get stuck in that. Then that becomes a heart issue, right? But just the passerby, that's a mind issue. Can you imagine how empty that person's mind must be? How empty that mind must be of the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How empty that mind must be about love with love for Rasulullah that a complete stranger woman walks by in a flash for less than 30 seconds and he says, I can't get her out of my mind. Allahu Akbar. We're failing to benefit from our deen. Our deen has an incredible teaching and training. What happened to us, right? It's a deen. And then again, I, I'll keep telling you this. And then all the cell phone screen and all the websites and all the messages and all the technology keep putting things in front of your mind. It's clutter. And actually sometimes it's outright trash that we're putting in front of our mind. At best it's clutter. And at worst it's outright trash, rubbish. It's rubbish. Rubbish thoughts. Rubbish feelings. So the person who has muhasaba, he's on a watch. You think like you have when you're a muhasab, it's like you're a guard. You have to think that you're on like guard duty. You are the muhafiz. You are the guardian of your heart and you are the guardian of your mind. Allah Ta'ala has given us this power. This is the power Allah Ta'ala gave insan. And then if on top of that then insan has iman, subhanAllah. Hmm? And that insan is Quran. Hmm? And that insan is Nabi alayhi salam. All the training, all the teaching is there. But we choose not to stand guarded. <laughs> so any person will tell you, in the smallest thing, a person opens up a small little bank branch, small one, small one, which has maybe, I don't know how much little cash in it. They put a guard. <laughs> they put a guard on watch. Because <laughs> there's something slightly precious in there. Iman in my heart is the most precious thing. I've got to stand guard. <laughs> I've got to stand watch. This is Mahasaba. I'm standing right there. I'm on watch. <laughs> and the shaitan enough sees the person on watch and he's a mardi, mu'min, salih, muttaqi. Hmm? Then the nafs and shaitan have less ability. And when they see there's nobody on guard, <laughs> there's nobody on watch, <laughs> the doors are unlocked. <laughs> Doors to the heart and door to this person's mind is unlocked. And believe me, they walk right in. Or they walk right in, they set up camp. And then yes, then you'll say, oh, I can't control my lust. 
I can't control my anger. Of course you can't. Of course you won't be able to. You didn't stand guard. Hasibu kamla anta hasibu. Mahasaban the heart, Mahasaban the mind. I suggest to you that you work on these two. If you work on these two, tongue, eye, hand, ear is done. If you work on these two. But no doubt, there is another way. Another way is without working on these two, to try to work on your eye and tongue. I will just tell you this much, that that's more difficult. That's called mujahada. That's more difficult. That you haven't yet filled your hearts with the feelings for Allah Spantana. You haven't yet tried to take out the lust from your heart. But you try to make the effort to lower your gaze. Possible, 100%. But it's more difficult. So that difficult effort in our deen is called mujahada. Mujahada. And in this day and age, there are very few people who are able to do it. They can't do it. If they haven't done the effort of purifying their heart and mind, they're not able to control their eye. They could be disciplined enough, but they can't do it. They can't control their eye. They can't control their tongue. They can't control their actions. They slip and they fall. And sometimes they slip and fall really badly. And then it's hard to get back up. Hmm? So why do we want to go for the difficult route? Hmm? Why not try to get that training helps a person take care of their button, helps a person take care of their heart, helps a person take care of their mind. Hmm? And Allah subhanahu wa gaze pierces deep, way beyond our outward form. Allah subhanahu wa gaze and awareness of us pierces deep into our breast. Ma sudur, ma sudur. What you even conceal in your breast, deep to the depths of your heart, the inner secret, most feelings in the depths of our heart, Allah Ta'ala is staring at it. Allahu Akbar. The secret thoughts in our mind that we would never, ever, ever want anyone from creation. Forget all, we wouldn't even want one minute member of creation to know we thought that thought. Our Khalik, our Creator is staring at that thought, knows that thought intimately. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Hmm? So then actually we are under observation. Allah Ta'ala is Al-Aleem, He's Al-Basir, He's Al-Khabir, He's As-Sami'ah. Hmm? The person who f- realizes that, you know, we teach this in first, second, third grade maktab. You might think it's his first grade level of Islam to tell me, he's telling me Allah Ta'ala is Al-Aleem, Al-Basir, Al-Khabir, As-Sami'ah. You know the words, you learn the words in first grade maktab. But when did you really start feeling like that? Again, deen is about the feelings. You can learn the names of Allah Ta'ala in maktab. You have to learn how to carry yourself and live your life based on Allah Ta'ala being Al-Alim, Al-Khabir, Al-Sameer, Al-Basir. That takes training. <laughs> That's an effort. That's a life. Hmm? And if you don't live it, you'll teach your kids the names, but you won't transmit the teachings. That's another big problem. Because when we lose the heart, when we lose the mind, when we lose the feelings, when we lose the thoughts, the only thing that gets transmitted to the next generation is the words, is the form, without the reality. And you know, although I I always do try to be careful, but but in South Africa you have this problem. (laughs) 
There are a lot of people who have the form of deen, they don't have the reality of deen. And it's a problem all over the world now. It's a problem in America, it's a problem in UK, it's a problem in South Africa. Let me tell you further, it's a problem in Pakistan, it's a problem in the Muslim countries, it's a problem in the Muslim world. We're even starting to see this problem now in Makkah, Makarma, Medina, Haraman, Sharifin. People who have the form but they don't have the reality. Allah hmm? Akbar. So a parent who has the form and doesn't have the reality, unless Allah Ta'ala sends a special hidayah, the child is going to end up also on the form without the reality. So in order to be good parents, we need to get the reality. In order to be good believers, we need the good reality. We need to get the reality. Every aspect of this is touched by this. Our hukukul ibad, our relations with other people, also part of muhasaba. A lot of times we say things to people, we don't realize what we just did. I'm amazed sometimes at the way people talk and the things they say. And the excuse I always make for them, and it's the honest excuse, is I realize they're talking unconsciously. You know, and people say, oh, they didn't really mean it, right? And I accept it, it's true, they didn't really mean it. But why didn't they really mean it? Why are you saying that? Because you think, well, they, they were just talking off the cuff, they were talking unconsciously. Same thing, lack of masaba. Unaware. Unaware. Unaware of what they say. Is that how our deen trained us to be? No, deen wants us to be aware of every word that we say. Aware even before we say it. Aware even before we think it. Aware even before we do it. So Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, وَكَفَى بِنَا حَاسِبِينَ Allahu Akbar Kabira. This is ajeeb ayah. It means in simple terms that Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala knows and He's watching and He's aware and He examines and He scrutinizes and He will take into account. And that is sufficient. That's the be all and end all of our reality is that Allah Ta'ala is watching over us. That's it. Finished. Person should be finished. The entire capacity to sin should be finished were we to realize that. Hmm? So this is something I think we should try to work on in these remaining days left of Shaban before the coming of the month of Ramadan. Hmm? The more you prepare in advance for any task, you will see this in any aspect of your life. The more you are well prepared in advance, the better that task goes. The more prepared you are, for example, the better you do. The more you prepare for the operation, the better it goes. The more you're prepared in advance beforehand for the meeting, the better it goes. The more advanced and prepared you are for even a discussion, the better it goes. The more prepared you are for marriage, the better it goes. The more prepared you are for parenting, the better it goes. Everything in life is like that. Do you think well, Ramadan is going to be an exception? Hmm? That you're just going to take out the samosas from the freezer on the night before the first and set up your whole setup that mashallah you have? Hmm? No way. <laughs> Prepare in advance. Prepare in advance. Do I give you one, one, we call it one nukta, nukta al-ghur, one thing to think about, all right? Muhasaba, the heart and the mind. May Allah Ta'ala accept each and every one of us to become people of the heart, to become people of the mind, 
May Allah Ta'ala make this the best Ramadan of our life. May Allah Ta'ala change us once and for all. May Allah Ta'ala change us in a way that we never change back. May Allah Ta'ala accept this entire Ummah. May He make us an Ummah of Taqwa, like the Sahaba were an Ummah of Taqwa. May He make us an Ummah of Haya, like the Sahaba were an Ummah. They were an Ummah, like they were an Ummah of Haya. May He make us an Ummah of Dhikr, like Sahaba Karam were an Ummah of Dhikr. Before the was been a few moments trying to connect your heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is called silent zikr of the heart, zikr al khafi, zikr kalbi muraqaba. Close your eyes only in order to forget the world. Close your awareness of yourself. Turn your heart, the heart of your ruh, your spiritual heart, your qalb, towards the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make near that your qalb is calling Allah ta'ala's name as if your qalb is calling Allah, Allah, Allah.